It doesn't always line up this way every year, but this year it does. This Easter weekend is the pinnacle event of the Christian faith. But you may also know that this weekend is the Masters Golf Tournament, which is the most celebrated golfing event of the year. Starting on Thursday, Christians from around the world have gathered together for the events leading up to the culmination of what our faith is all about today on Easter. But also starting on Thursday, some of the best golfers in the world have come together in Augusta, Georgia, trying to vie for that coveted green jacket. My son Theo and I have been at Augusta National Golf Course to see the Masters Tournament twice. And I can tell you that there is no place I would rather be on Easter Sunday than here in church. But as far as a sporting venue is concerned, the golf course at Augusta National is one of the most beautiful places I think I've ever seen. The landscaping is impeccable. The grounds are meticulously cared for. I have lived in the Deep South most of my adult life, and I don't think I have seen azaleas and magnolias and dogwoods as colorful and as vibrant as they are there. Now that place may be the most prestigious golf course in the country, but I would say it could literally be a garden paradise as well. And speaking of a garden, the story of Easter took place in a garden. In fact, the whole story of the Christian faith can best be summarized by what takes place in four gardens. So this morning, I'd like for us to go on a garden tour as we look at the story of Easter. And we begin in the, story, in the garden of creation. In Genesis chapter 2, we read these words. Now the Lord God planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he placed the man he had formed. In the middle of the garden was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now for six days, God created everything that there is. Earth and sky, plants and animals, fish and fowl, man and woman. And at the end of each day of creation, God sat back and reflected on what he made and he said, this was good. But specifically on the last day of creation, God sat back and said, this is very good. The garden of creation is also called the garden of Eden. And that word Eden actually means pleasant. In other words, everything that God created in that garden was good and perfect and pleasant. And here, the man and, and woman had that perfect, pleasant relationship with God. But unfortunately, it didn't stay that way. Somebody else entered that garden. 
He's most often referred to as the devil, Satan, the prince of darkness. He appeared in the form of a serpent, and it didn't take long before he slithered up next to Eve and caused her to doubt everything God had said to them. They listened to the serpents, and they ignored God. And ever since then, there has been a broken, fractured, imperfect relationship between God and his creation, which still affects us today. What was created as a garden of paradise became paradise lost. All of that took place in the first garden. But because of what happened in the first garden, God arranged for something that would happen in a second garden thousands and thousands of years later. And this second garden is what I'm calling the garden of affliction. In John chapter 18, we hear these words. When Jesus had finished praying, he left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. Now, we know from the other gospel writers that this garden is called the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden of Gethsemane were olive trees. In fact, the word olive, or gar, uh, the word Gethsemane means olive press. Here is where olives were pressed or crushed into olive oil. And how appropriate that this is where Jesus was the night before he was crucified. Because a thousand years before this, the prophet Isaiah said of Jesus that he would be crushed for our iniquities. And that's exactly what happened. There in the garden of affliction, soldiers came to arrest Jesus. An angry mob started to call for Jesus to be crucified. And in what may be one of the most excruciatingly painful ways to die, the Son of God sacrificed his life there in the garden of affliction. And a sacrifice became the punishment for everything that fell apart between God and his creation originally in the garden of creation. All of this took place in the garden of affliction. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story. Because you and I are here today on this Easter Sunday, we are remembering what took place in the garden of resurrection. Listen to the description in John chapter 18. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden was a new tomb in which no one had been laid. Because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus' body there. In that garden was a tomb, and it was in that tomb that the body of Jesus was buried. But three days later, people found that that tomb was empty and there was no body there. The story we heard read tells us that the disciples and women peeked into that tomb and they saw the strips of cloth that had been wrapped around the body of Jesus, but the body of Jesus was not there. Why? 
because death could not hold on to him and life had been returned to him. And what that means for us is forgiveness and hope and new life and peace with God, which is what was all broken apart back in the garden of creation. And because of all of that, that brings us to our fourth garden, the garden of restoration. Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Here Jesus was pointing people to the garden of restoration. In fact, in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, this is how the garden of restoration is described. I will give you the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. In the first garden, paradise was lost. But because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, paradise has been restored. You see, there will be eternal life after our earthly death. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And one day, one day for all of us, there will be no more problems or pain. There will be no more death or disappointment. There will not be any more tears or turmoil. There won't be any sickness or sorrow. All of that is changed because of what took place in the garden of resurrection. All of that comes together, creation, affliction, resurrection, and restoration, giving to you and me in our life hope. Now maybe... Maybe this morning it's worth asking the question, why does any of this matter? And the answer is very simple. All of this happened simply because of you. It all happened for you. You see, because of what happened in the garden of creation, we are here. In fact, if it wouldn't have been for creation, none of us would be here. But then sin and sorrow broke that relationship, that perfect relationship that we had with God. And so God took it upon himself to take care of that in in this garden of affliction. The Son of God paid the price for our sin. He paid the price for your guilt and, and mine, your greed and mine. He paid the price for our troubles and temptations. Jesus paid the price for us. And he overcame the power of death in the garden of resurrection. And because of the resurrection, God offers to you paradise of restoration one day. It all happened for you. Now maybe you're sitting there this morning thinking, knowing that beyond a shadow of doubt, you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and you look forward to the promise of paradise restored. Or maybe you're, you're here today because you are invited to come along with somebody who believes that and so you are here with them. Maybe you are here today not quite sure if all of this really is for you because of some things you've done in your life or maybe because of some things that have been done to you in your life. Or maybe you're just at a point right now when you really are ready to, for Jesus to be more a part of your life 
I just want to say to you, wherever you are in your life with all of this, I want you here to hear today that all of this, all that, that has happened, all of this happened for you. Easter is not about the church trying to get something from somebody. Easter is all about God who wants to give to you the promise of a restored life. And if that sounds like something you would like to be more a part of your life, then I invite you to embrace that. Embrace that creation, affliction, resurrection, restoration happened for you. It happened for you. Happy resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen.